Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, spoilers galore, geeky Star Wars talk, plot discussion, observations, and rants. Listener discretion is advised. Spirekin Unnamed Review Podcast, Mandalorian Episodes 3 and 4 Review. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Unnamed Streaming TV Show Podcast. This is Zan saying, Konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, what's up? And this is a fun episode because we're talking about Chapter 2 and Chapter 3 of The Mandalorian. And uh, beforehand, we are being joined today by... Hey, I'm Doug Wilder from the AnimeCons TV Podcast. And also resident 501st uh, member. Yep. TK15000. TB and TS, because I have a, a biker scout and a snowtrooper. I don't have a TK yet. Ah, yes. 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 TB15000 is my primary ID. Yes. So any 501st who listen to this, yes. And I am 501st... You're a recruit. You're a recruit. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you there. We'll get there eventually. And also... Hey, I'm Greta. Yes, uh, if you want to listen to any of our earlier episodes, check them out at Also, email us with an actual title for this. We're still kind of working on it. I don't think Spirekin Streaming Review works. Or Spirekin TV Review, because it's not TV anymore. It's digital. <laughs> digital TV? Ah, well, it doesn't matter. You can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com, and you can email us with those questions or comments at zan, that's X-A-N, at spirekin.com, and also check out animecons.tv. Yep. For the newest review was Anime NYC. Anime NYC, and we're going to be doing our end-of-the-year end review stuff very shortly. We have to do that, too, eventually. We're probably doing manga of the, actually, end-of-decade review. We're talking about the, the mangas of the decade and maybe uh, some other stuff, but I digress. Oh, that's going to get heated. Yes, it is. So, from, if you last remembered, we were talking about the first episode of Mandalorian, where you're going to be combining two and three because we kind of missed last week because of reasons. So, the second episode was directed by Rick Famuya. Famuya, right? Yep. And that came out on November 15, 2019. And the third episode was directed by Deborah Chow. And that is uh, Chapter 3, The Sin. And that was November 22nd. And that, again, written by John Favreau, who did wrote the majority of the series, I think. I think he didn't write two episodes, maybe? Yeah. Let's, like let's skim down looking quick in the notes. He Oh, Christopher Yost? The guy who used to write Star Wars wrote one? So, yeah, but it looks like mostly John Favreau, which I'm okay with. Yeah, and originally it was, fun note, it used to be called Star Wars Underworld. Hmm. That would have been kind of cool, but then it would have not focused mainly on the Mandalorian. But that kind of sounds more like a marketing opportunity for Star Wars underwear. Well, <laughs> speaking of marketing underwear, let's talk about the gimmick in the room, the child. It's... Black Friday weekend, and there's no release of a I, child. I, I think, and I guess, you know, spoiler warning right now, because if you haven't seen episode the end of episode one or these two, you've been warned. Um, I think a lot of it is they didn't put anything out because they, did, they really did not want to spoil that there was going to be a baby from Yoda's species, which that's the official name of, of that species right now is just Yoda's species. Yes, and I love that. It says Yoda species. It doesn't say species X, Y, Z. It's Yoda species. Or as some people are calling it affectionately, Baby Yoda. Yep. I think that they're waiting, personally, I thought they were waiting until after Rise of Skywalker, then they're going to drop Baby. I've seen lots of, like, theories and rumors and stuff like that, and 
some possible like we can, almost were once canon. I don't know, but well, we can get to that in the in yeah. a little bit when we once we finish our basic coverage. So the second episode is more of a cool down because you remember the first episode introduces the Mandalorian. He gets a job that is not all on up on the level. Stuff happens, and then it ends in an awesome firefight. And then the second episode is more of him trying to get home, but stuff happens, would you yeah. say? Yeah, and it's, I think it's a little bit of him, you know, working through, like, his place in the universe, and, like, whereas the first episode's much more, he's just gonna kick in the door, this is much more him collecting himself, and... Finding the path that he he needs to take to go to, in a much more calmer way. We all forget that the end of the first episode, yes, there's an awesome firefight, but the end of it has him like holding the baby Yoda hand. Yeah, yeah, and like it, it ends at a really sweet little. It, it's 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 almost like the uh, ET. Totally, touching. totally inspired by that. I think, and this also establishes, besides the budding relationship of the Mandalorian and the child. It also shows that this Mandalorian is not the Boba Fett, Terminator, I can do anything, bullets will not stop me. No, he's kind of a screw-up. No, he's a total badass. Well, all right, now, he's not a screw-up, but he's not the imperfect, indestructible, everything done right. He, he fails, has a heart. He, yeah. No, he fails a lot. Yep, he fails, and it, I, I like that he kind of meets these challenges, and how does he deal with it, and that's a really neat thing to see. So... I mean, it, it opens, though, with him, you know, basically getting back to his ship, and it's getting stripped by Jawas, which, um, I, I have to say, I, first off, seeing the disintegrator rifle in action was pretty cool. Like, just all of a sudden, there's a Jawa, and now there's just a piece of cloth where there was once a Jawa. Also, there's the, no more Jawa there. Also, the redesign of the Jawas is kind of interesting. It, how the, it's like it's like a different tribe or something, because it's on a different planet. Though I like that, like, as because he eventually starts, you know, working with the Jawa to get his parts back, he's doing something with them. I kind of like that the Jawas are just obnoxious pieces of shit no matter what planet they're on. Like, they're bratty, but, like, you don't hate them. You just, like, I, I love that they're just obnoxious. Yeah, like I said, we stole your stuff, but we'll give it back to you if you trade. Yeah. He's like, and he's like, this is my stuff. He's like, they're you, selling you, back your yeah. ripped off merchandise. Yeah. Um, he's like, you talk like a Wookiee. <laughs> Yep, um, and he, you know, first they they say, well, we'll give it back for your armor, and he says no. Oh, and before that, one of the best, one of the most important lines of the series of the episode is the Ugnaught that helped him in the first episode is helping him kind of barter with the uh, Jaws, and he's like saying, "Put down your weapons." He's like, "I can't put down my weapons. I'm a Mandalorian. This is my religion," which is, I think, a really interesting kind of point about. The culture of the Mandalorians, and we keep getting these little snippets, and that that line I thought was a really nice touch there. Yes, but and interesting was he did keep one of his weapons on him at all times, which was part of this this lore of its religion, and that comes more into play in the next episode when we see it in action. Yeah, but uh, he does after arguing with the Jaws a little bit, he ends up using something which I find to start to be a little bit of a gimmick with him. Whenever he gets really tough, he starts using his flamethrower, and he's using a little too much, I think. Yep. Just, I could have totally used a flamethrower today, but it, I think that, like, I kind of like the symbolism of he's got a little bit of a hothead and literally will flow, like, throw flames at you when he's pissed off. Yep. Yeah. 
So, yes. And uh, from there, he gets... Um, he deals with the situation, gets the parts back, and then he's off again. And it's a very... But but I think we need to get into... How does he get the parts back? What does he have to give, give them? He has to fight a giant mudhorn. Which is just like a, almost like a giant rhino. It's a super rhino. Yeah, and it's this, you know, this big, you know, a knock, knockdown dragout fight. So he can beat the, beat the mudhorn and get the egg for the Jawas. Because the Jawas want an egg, which is doesn't look like an egg, and you wonder who's it is. It's, egg. Like, it's like a hairy egg. It's, it's super like weird. a really weird furry car wash kind of egg. Yeah. yeah. And 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 what what is this scene? Are they going to sell it for something? No. no. They just want to eat it raw. Yeah. <laughs> and I love slice again. it open and dig in. Yes. Yeah. Um. But and apparently that is worth. All of his stuff. So you're wondering what? Why is it? Well, one getting it, I I can assume. Yeah. But see, now they're all like gonna strip your ride. They're gonna be like ruthless and sell it back to you. They're gonna tie you up and throw stuff at you and try to kill you. But they all work together somehow, and they all share the egg. They're not mean to each other. Yeah. Just to anybody else. And this is something I think will come into play in another as a theme later on in the next episode too. Of course, and again, the Ugnaught, um, could tell, you know, because he's like, oh, they destroyed my ship. He's like, no, they stripped the ship. Jealous steel they don't destroy. And it's, again, just like one little line that gives you a broader sense of the culture and things like that. And this I, is going to expand a lot of the characters and the, those creatures, I think, which I'm going to really enjoy as it gets mm-hmm. further into it. Because... A lot of stuff that I know about Jawas and about Ugnaughts is from the old expanded universe, which is now arguably no longer canon, even though certain characters are creeping back in. So I'm like, they're, they're, they're finding the right things they want to bring you back. Yes. Um, and of course, how, how does a Mandalorian beat the, the, the Mudhorn? With a little help of uh, the, the baby uh, force lifting it for a moment. And then passing out afterwards because it's such a strain, but it helps him... And this, again, leads into something in the third he episode. he did it. Yeah. Which it's... But it... But he also did it with his dinky little knife in one tiny... Like, mm-hmm. how badass is this hairy rhino if one knife in the side of its throat gets it? Well, we're going to talk about that knife in a little bit. Well, yeah. vibroblade. Um, one other thing we forgot to mention is that when he gets injured early on... Um, the uh, he gets ambushed by some fellow bounty hunters. Trend, uh, yeah, mainly Trandoshans, like Bosk's phrase. Yes, and they look slightly different, which just drives me crazy because I'm like, I'm used to Transoceans being green, and this one's more mud colored, but whatever. And he gets injured, and the baby Yoda tries to heal him, and he just picks him up, puts him in, locks him up, puts him back in the little like baby carrier. Yeah, floating walnut is what I like to call it. That's fair. It looks like <laughs> the eye from Heavy Metal. <laughs> So. But yeah, but it shows that he's starting to, to he, first he's like, this. I can't get attached, I can't get attached, and that's the thing that he's focusing on is he can't get attached to this thing. And the baby... Which is darn cute. Baby helping him is a little bit confusing to him, but it's still an asset. He gets in the ship, flies away, he does check on it though before he leaves, and he does give the Ugnaught, uh, I forgot his name, uh, the one with the Blurgs. Oh, Queel, right? Um, I honestly cannot remember. But he uh, offers him a job, and he says, I worked several years to get out of bondage. I'm not going back. Yeah, because like, he, he wants to give him money. You know, if, and he's like, he says, no. He's like, well, I could use you on my crew. He's like, nope. Because he's, like, he's just happy that like 
all this drama's gone away from, you know, is leaving with the Mandalorian. <laughs> also, he's a bit of a Mandalorian weeb, because he's like, I heard stories about the Mandalorian. I yep. wonder if it was true. You know, I heard Mandalorians could uh, tame the mighty... Uh, Mythosaur. Mythosaur. Which is the skull pattern you see on a lot of stuff. Yes. So it, it develops. So the second episode, it's a bit of a, not breather, but it's more of a getting to know the character, learning a little bit more about the world, and this, we get into chapter three, the sin, and there's actually three things you could say was the sin in this episode. But it, pretty much, for quick non-spoilery... Um, Plot synopsis: The Mandalorian drops off the asset, and then things go wrong because the he gets a bit of a conscience. Yep. Well, because he wants to know what 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 are you going to do with it, and he's like, the the client is basically, we we you don't care need to know anymore. You got the asset, you got paid. You, you know, we're done. And we're done. done. It's it, almost as if they they sold a bookshelf, and he's like, so what are you going to put on the bookshelf? You're like. Why do you care? It's not your bookshelf. Yeah. But he also kind of threatens him saying, it's kind of hard if, you know, if you look into this, something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Kind of threatens him. And I think that's the turning point. A little bit of keep your head down or don't ask too many questions. But, so, you know, he was given like one piece of uh, best best car car, um, as the down payment. And now he's got... All of it. It's like it's like 20, 20 bricks or something like that. Also, speaking of which, the infamous safe, which was <laughs> in, in the carry, it looks like the um, ice cream maker that the guy in Empire Strikes Back, where if you've ever seen, if you ever look up Running of the Hoods from a Star Wars celebration, you'll get a story about that. But yeah, pretty much it's not ice cream maker, it is a safe. Mm-hmm. So that's what that thing he was carrying in Empire Strikes Back is a safe. So yeah. you kind of wonder what's in it. But it looks like a portable rice cooker. Ice cream maker. It's actually an ice cream maker. Oh, So my he gets goodness. not one, not two. He gets 20 bars of Besker steel, which is enough for him to be decked out completely. He, get, he gets, and, the, and they, they even point out that, like, um, the... But there's the even guild. extra to spare. Yeah, because when he goes back to kind of the Mount, uh, Mandalorian um, blacksmith, she says, like, oh, there's plenty for the, found, uh, the foundlings and stuff like that. Um, but I just, I, I can't help but thinking about all these people that are thinking about making the Mandalorian costumes, like, specifically this character. Because every episode he adds another piece or he changes something. He's different, he keeps changing, and I just imagine that's going to drive people crazy. Or it'll drive them crazy in a really good way, and you'll have a fun meetup group where you can put it in order of the... Oh, I'm sure that'll the happen. The growth of the suit. Yeah, and there are so many other Mandalorians because when he goes to the armorer, besides getting his new armor, one, he, all of the other Mandalorians who are in hiding show up and they're just looking at him like kind of questioning him and like there's almost a little bit of like, you know, you you're not you're less than us for whatever reason. They they, they don't really explain why. Um, but there's definitely judgment. There's you know. Let me be the girl that says it. Shade has been thrown on this Mandalorian. Yeah, but I mean, there's again, we get this is every time you get stuff with him in the the other Mandalorians in like uh, what do they call it? They don't call it a clan or tribe. The convent, I think they they call it the tribe in the episode. Yeah, um, but you get these tastes of the culture, and I like that it's um, just they're not dumping it on you. They're just showing bits and pieces of it. Um, 
And because like they first, you know, in the first episode, they he uh, he's asked if he has a sigil yet, and he says no. And when he's asked like, how did you like, well, well, what did you do to this? And he's like, well, I had to defeat a mudhorn. And they say, oh, well, then the mudhorn will be your sigil, and he say, he refuses it, because he says it wasn't um, honorable. It wasn't an honorable kill. I had help. It wasn't my doing. So I like that one. They give an idea of how they. Get their sigil. How they get their sigil, and I, I like his, that he has a reason for why he refuses it. Also, when you see the other um, Mandalorians around, you notice they're all different sizes and shapes. Mm-hmm. And we found out that it's a religion almost, and I'm thinking that potentially not all of them might be human. I think yeah. it might be their different species. How would you works. know if they never take yeah. off their helmets? Which is a, that's, a, that's the other point I was bringing up, is that they mentioned the helmets... That you never take off your helmet. That's the Mandalorian code. And if you watched Rebels and Resistance, Sabine. And, and, yeah, and, but she and, was and one Clone of, Wars. But too. she was one of the Rebel. So it's Mandalorian a Mandalorian yeah, so I, I wonder. I, I hope they try find a way to reconcile that. But it, it really comes off at, at this point that, again, to bring back the line from Episode Two, Mandalorian isn't a race. Mandalorian is a religion. It's you. You anybody can be a Mandalorian. You know, if you they follow, follow the, the rules, follow the code, and, and stuff like that. Um, it's you're not you don't have to be just a person from Mandalore to be a Mandalorian. And he and he is at first they question him because he like we said in the first review of this we said it's like taking gold from the Nazis. It's a completely yeah. purely just vile thing to do, and they're very insulted by this. But eventually, they say it doesn't matter. That is the way. <laughs> yeah, this is the way. Oh, this is the way. So, and I, I was, oh, cool. I'm going to ch- jump in, and I, because I, I've been seeing this meme go around with 501st members and Rebel Legion members and Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club members, which is something that we, all of us can relate to. And the Mandalorian is just like us. Why? Because when he gets a nice big payday, the next thing he does is get a new set of armor. <laughs> we, we can all relate to that. So, that's. He does get a good sense of armor, and he, but before that, he gets into a fight. Where we finally get to see a vibroblade in action, yeah. and it's done well. Because yep. we've always described vibroblades as a blade which is moving hypersonically that could theoretically cut through most armors, except Beskar. So, yeah, it's like one big Armando kind of, you know, again, throws him the shade and stuff like that. And there's a little bit of scuffle, and I like that the, the female Mandalorian, that's the blacksmith, is just like, says, hey, cut, you know, cut it out. You know, and you know, said, "Hey, well, this is this isn't worth it." Um, and so that, that's where they say, "You know, this is the way." So then Mandalorian goes back to the cantina, and you know, the uh, head of the guild, the bounty hunter guild, is, does grief cargo. Yeah, is you know saying, "Well, welcome back. Hey, you've made you, you made a lot of money for yourself. You I got a, I got a, I got a nice cut from it, and stuff like He's that." Like, and I celebrate you, and you're the best. And what you should do is, if you want. I'll take you to the tree like baths, you know. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not a bathhouse. <laughs> yep. Um, and but it goes, you know. Again, they're they're nice connections back because he says, "Well, wait a minute, you know that IG droid also had a fob looking for the child. Who else? How many fobs did you give out?" And it's like, and he's like, "Everyone in this room had one." <laughs> Basically, but, but you and did. like everyone in this room had which, one, which. He, which comes back later. And they um, all have a look of hatred towards him, which he admits. He says, they all hate you, but you did it. Yeah. And then... Um, but it's like hate for the right reason, because it's like... But 
he does ask the question to grief about what are they going to do to the child. He's like, don't ask if you want. Go to the core worlds. You can ask the New Republic. Complain to them. It's yeah. like they're not going to do anything. Yeah, because this this is again this is this is where kind of the Western element of it shows up. Where this is basically the Wild West of Star Wars at this point. And so, but Mando decides to go and see what they're doing. And first thing he does is he he finds the empty uh, baby carrier, the floating walnut. And in, finds the, the, in, in the garbage outside. And he finds the, the rope, too, and he gets a little upset with that. Then he uses his, his, his blast, his, uh, his uh, disintegrator, to view and see what happens. And apparently they're extracting something now. Yeah, that gun is the coolest thing ever. Yeah, because he's using a different scope and he's, like, getting the audio. Yeah, but we're curious what they're extracting. I mean, the big theory online, if you haven't, even though so many people hate it, is they could be trying to extract midichlorians. Uh, if they do do that, go that route, I hope they fix it, maybe? They actually do something to fix the whole concept of it, maybe? I don't know. They're so, trying to extract something. Yep. So, Mando stor- basically storms the castle now, goes after to, to rescue the kid, and takes out a bunch of stormtroopers and stuff. Um, I have to say, this was one of my favorite moments of, of the episode, because it's a great him being an awesome moment, but the music in this scene is really great. I'm glad they're putting out all these soundtracks, even though just one of these soundtracks is more than a month of Disney Plus, and they do a soundtrack for every episode. But like, because there's just like a, almost like a siren sound in the soundtrack, which sounds like almost like an alarm going off, and it works really well with that. It adds the ambiance of the scene, yeah. Especially, and the soundtrack goes down when he's quote unquote caught. Yeah, and he does something which is kind of noteworthy. He's like, "Look, I got something valuable on me." And it's almost like a gunslinger where it's you put down the prize, and then it's they're all just standing around. And it, you wonder how it's gonna go, and a MacGuffin happens because we knew that MacGuffin was gonna come by sometime soon. I was hoping it wasn't, but yeah. Did we skip over the fact that the scientist that was trying to extract, like Mister Elton John looking guy, was? <laughs> Um, trying to say that he was protecting it. Yeah. Which, that brings into the thing, is he maybe a New Republic spy? Or just he has moral objections, like he thinks is what, what they're doing to a child isn't right. But he also is, like, a scientist, so he might be like, I want to get the work done, but I don't want to hurt the subject. Yeah. Because the little baby Yoda thing is so cute. Yeah. We don't know he may come back, because... I'm going to say Sir Elton John has a heart. Mm-hmm. We have to wait and see. So he gets out the baby out, um, and then this is probably my favorite shot of the episode. Is he's he's leaving to take the kid away, and the cantina, and the cantina where every all all these bounty hunters that were in there, everyone's fobs start reactivating, and it's just such a well done shot. I really liked it. And you see Grief's face of oh no, what happened? Now? <sighs> I told him not to go into it, and he's going into it. And from here, it gets to a great firefight where it's got a lot of interesting points. And he, he even goes against, go back to the first episode where he hates droids, and he has to have a droid at gunpoint fly for him. Yeah, I, I, which my theory there is wherever he's originally from, because we saw more of his flashback. Like there was, you know, we saw a droid gunship and stuff like that. He hates droids because 
Something. He lost his family to the droids and like and those are separate. Those are separatists. Yeah, so, so yeah. I think that's why he hates droids. Um, so you can kind of connect it to both the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Yes. And it's a beautiful, but that's a nice character development to that. But the whole firefight's just insane, and it gets more and more crazy. And I love the use of cover, and yeah. how, and when some of them try to sneak, it just gets even more just. And how does he get finally get out of the firefight? All the Mandalorians and, show up, and they 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 they've been in hiding too. Like that's like they only thought there was one Mandalorian around. Yeah, they they said one thing, which is that. Because of whatever's going on, the rule is that only one Mandalorian goes up at a time. Yeah, so they don't think they're all hanging out. I think that's more just, they don't want to think that there's... An enclave there. Yeah. So... And it's just, it's great, because you see all the different Mandalorians using all the different technologies. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, there's the big guy with... The big one with the heavy repeating blaster, which... Is that the the guy with the one antenna? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the thing I like about that, like, this is... That episode's going to do so much for... Recruitment in the Mandalorian Mercs costume club, like I'm sure, like a lot of people, are like, oh well, I want to be a Mando now, which, cool, um, but that the big guy was really fun to watch, and I was like, oh crap, now I want to build one. <laughs> well, he started, and then, but you got like a skinny guy, you got a big guy. Yeah. You have the badass girl who's the blacksmith. Mm-hmm. She was in the fight too. Yep, everyone was in the fight. Everybody showed and up, they, and, they, they sh- and they show up like with jetpacks and stuff like that. I think, but, and this gets to the theme, one of the themes that I think they're going to play with more and I really like is that the Mandalorian Enclave, that group, the tribe, whatever you want to call it, they're going to have disagreements internally, but they're going to unite against, like... They're going to show up for each other. We we will fight amongst ourselves, but if you go after one of us, you go after all of us. And you know where that makes me feel like it's more of a... One of the little guys with the glowing eyes? Jawas. Jawas, where they're all pro each other, happy, happy, joy, joy, but down with everybody else, whereas the Mandalorians feel like a real family. Like, mm-hmm. siblings will fight with each other and, like, knock down, throw exactly. down. But at the but push comes to shove, you're, like, there, you know? My feeling is that it's like, and to bring in another popular geek culture icon, they're Slytherins. Slytherins, you do not fight in public. You... you in private, you guys fight, but in public, united front, and that's it's, what it is. The, the 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 example I used when I was talking about this episode to someone else was the Simpsons itchy and scratchy land episode, yeah. where Homer says, "No one ruins my family vacation but me and maybe the boy," <laughs> and it's like again, they're all unified against you know. There is going to now be a cosplay crossover of a Slytherin Mandalorian. Absolutely. Walking around. There already is. There already is. They already have some living. They have the whole... Because um, you, if you're in the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club, you can kind of customize your armor. And like as long as you don't make it look too light, like that, you could definitely do like a green and silver or a green and And obviously black. a snake would be a, would be a good sigil, so... Yeah. But yeah, so... So, so and... Or a He goes out with him fleeing the planet in his ship, and of course the other Mandalorians show up with their jetpacks, and one sends them off. And the last line of the episode is, I've got to get one of those. Which I like because it's, once again, the, he's still going to upgrade. He's still going to get more pieces. Oh, yeah. He, his suit's totally pimped out, but he's not done yet. Yeah. He is not done yet. Now things are going to get crazy with all things going on. 
And he has the kid with him. So Also, fun little callback. And he gave him the ball from the yes, stick. The, the, yeah. In the beginning of the, the uh, episode, the baby Yoda steals, the gets up and takes the knob off of one of the joysticks. He grabs it and puts it back. And then it gets little... It's cute. I think yeah. this, like, baby Yoda is the cutest thing, especially with, like, the ball. I was slightly horrified when it ate a live frog. Did we all forget that that happened and it just kind well, of like swallowed he it? He has to eat. He the frog is like half of his size, first Again, of all. Let's just throw that eat. one out there. But Judge him by his size, do you? Yes. And I have to admit, for meme culture, I love the Yoda, baby Yoda, okay, boomer stuff. It's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, I guess, like, uh, we've got, what, five more episodes still? Five more episodes In this still? season, and they've already announced a second season. They're, they're already yep. filming. Um, well, because you know, as soon as they started filming this, they're like, "Oh, we have to do more of this." This is this is gonna this, this is good. This is gold. Um, so I really am. I'm curious to see if this is gonna be. Um, the the baby Yoda is gonna be a long term thing, like per, per permanent part of the cast, or if he is going to be kind of. At the end of the season, or something where he moves on and stuff like that, because it feels like they could go very lone wolf and cub with him. That's where I'm picturing this, and that's why I said this seem the series seems to be when we're talking private. I said this is very lone wolf and cub, and I'm hoping it doesn't end like lone wolf and cub. But that would be intriguing, mm-hmm. where the Mandalorian dies, and then the uh, even though it'd be weird for Yoda to wear a Mandalorian armor, but that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I, a 900-year-old Mandalorian? Oh, no. my gosh. Someone needs to make that from Build-A-Bear. That can happen. You can have that as part of your cosplay. I'm expecting to see a Yoda Mandalorian. Uh, yeah. So, Done. lately with a lot of Star Wars TV shows, I have been very wrong in my predictions, but have been happy with the choice they make. What I would like, what I would kind of see happening, or almost what I would like to happen, maybe is that at the end of this season, or basically, or the end of the series, however you want to do it, the the baby is given to, like, what a new Je- Jedi temple or something like that, or is handed off to the New Republic. He's put somewhere where he's going to be safe, and he's going to be protected. Not given and, to the juggernaut? Yeah, exactly. Um, and something like that, where, you know, he, he has a future. And, you know, and, you know, yes, it's a little bit of the kind of put him on a bus trope, but I think that's where they'll probably eventually go. Well, you think they're going to give him to the juggernaut and have him be a um, water farmer? You mean the Ugnaught? Ugnaught, okay. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and have him be a, what is it called? A water, water farmer. Moisture farmer. Moisture, Moisture farmer. farmer. I was like, yeah. no, it's a word we don't like. Well, that's possibly... We're going to have to wait and see next episode, which comes out the day before my birthday and the Black Friday. You have Bryce Dallas Howard giving a shot directing, and that's going to be kind of interesting because I don't think she's ever directed before. I think there's... I like that there's a, a lot of good people working on this. Um, and I think she's actually cast in this as somebody, I think. You know, the only thing we really didn't talk about, too, is the beautiful artwork that shows in the credits. Oh, so it's, it's like the, all the concept art that's... Oh. Like, the, 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 the art of the Mandalorian book is going to be just gorgeous. And, like, each every picture they show in these closing credits 
could be your Facebook cover photo. Definitely. There, there's a lot of great ones. Like, I think if, like, there was a nursery wall where there's a Mandalorian holding the Yoda finger in the floating walnut. Someone make that. That Ikea could possibly design. I don't know. Like, they, someone could do that. But, yeah, let us know what you think, if you enjoyed this or not. We're going to try to keep doing this as much as we can until the end. Also, fun little little Easter egg. John Favreau was in this episode. Yep. He was the big jerk Mandalorian. Yep. The one who was fighting, so... That's kind of cool, and also... Totally appropriate. Kind of works, because he's been happy, he's been sad, he's been a drunk boxer, mm-hmm. nice, he's been a chef, and now he's a Mandalorian. And also, he was in one of the episodes. No, that was uh, the guy who played Parkman. Never mind. Matt Parkman. <laughs> Wrong series. So, we know there's still some more stuff coming. We will see where it goes. I'm excited. Me too. I mean, as a biker scout, I'm very excited to see what episode we see the biker scouts that we've seen in the trailers. Even though their knee pads are upside down. <laughs> not, that I, not that I've become a nerd or anything. With, with and also, become we want to see where IG-11 or 12 comes back. Because yeah. Taika Waititi is directing an episode, so we can't just have one cameo. Yeah. So we'll see. So anyway, guys, thank you very much. Uh, thank, thank, thank you, Doug, for being on this podcast. My pleasure. And uh, you guys, everyone, have a great... Um, Holiday, and uh, we'll be back in hopefully a week or two weeks to do a couple more episodes of this wonderful, amazing, awesome Star Wars-y show. And then maybe we'll also do some Star Wars stuff on the way because, of course, Rise of Skywalker's coming out soon-ish. Enter cool music here. Pew, 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 pew. It's like the 13th, right? No, it's the 18th. It's uh, uh, something like that. Anyway, have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. Keep watching Star Wars.